The Nasty Cast might sound like a silly name for a show, but this is a serious fantasy baseball podcast. Okay, maybe not that serious, but these guys aren't just here to party. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Nasty Cast. I'm your host, Van Lee, and we have returned triumphantly to the airwaves. Anyway, I'm not alone. I'm joined, per usual, by, let's see, Ron Rigney. Ron. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm I'm spectacular, stupendous. I, I can't even think of words to to express how I feel. And I want to let our listeners know out there that the holidays are coming up. If you have a spare, I think it's up to like right around a thousand dollars on eBay right now. Uh, there's a baseball card set out every year called National Treasures, and they uh, are some really low number memorabilia type cards. And I have learned that they have. In fact, in their packs, this in their boxes, I should say, this season, they have put a show-worn George Costanza Yankees jersey card in these, and there's only 99 of them. So if, if anyone out there listening to the show wants to buy me a Christmas gift, if I'm on your Christmas list, what are you waiting on? Go get that right now. Have I need, I need to have oh, this. That's right. Now, Brian Vaughn, oh. tell us some superlatives about how you're feeling right now. Oh yeah, I'm feeling good. <laughs> uh-huh. Great. Ooh, that's slightly more than good. Really good. Holy oh, cow, that's slightly more words. than great. Get it's ready for words. this one. Awesome. Oh, too far. Yeah. I'm also rip roaring and ready to go. <laughs> we we haven't talked any baseball in a long time. No, we haven't. We're getting ready right. to talk a lot of baseball. Indeed. And in fact, I wanted to point this out right at the top of the show. We're going to get into the housekeeping here so you can find out where to find us and everything. We do another podcast called The Boob Two Boys. Brian Vaughn and I, as well as our friend Spencer Hendricks, you just brought up a Seinfeld reference, Ron. We're covering Seinfeld starting this weekend. That's right, we are. Yeah, so if you're a Seinfeld fan, we're going to have Seinfeld week. Four episodes coming out one week. Holy cow. Yeah, we're very excited about talking about a good television show for once. That's right. So that is, of <laughs> course, the BoobTube Boys, available on the BooTube Inc. podcast network, where you're listening to this show. We also have other baseball shows, which are the Dynasty Baseball Show, our sister podcast, where we talk Dynasty Baseball, the Launch Angle podcast, where I talk baseball with Ron Rob Silver, <laughs> as well as Jeff Zimmerman. Too many ROs yeah. on this network. <laughs> we got to fire one of you guys. <laughs> And then, of course, like I said, the Boob Two Boys. More to come. So anyway, check out the Boob Two Inc. Podcast Network. If you really like what we're doing, you can find us available on patreon.com slash Inc. And we are putting out bonus content, not only baseball-related. We just put out a bonus episode of Atlanta Braves Top Prospects that we uh, kind of tie in with their Dynasty Baseball show, but also Boob Two Boys stuff where we have jokes and make special shows. I can't think of an example, Brian. What yeah, did we do recently? On recently, Patreon? we've taken a lot of quizzes, for instance. Mm-hmm. Spencer, our friend who hosts Boob Two Boys with us, also recently uh, had us engage in a game of murder riddles and That's try right. to determine how a crime was committed. So we have a lot of fun on there. If you guys like the jokey side of us, it's going to be worth your while. That's right. And you could, of course, find all of us on Twitter. I am at Manly Van Lee. Brian is at Loud Guitar Brian. Ron is at The Real Made, M-A-D-A-Y. We are at Nasty Cast Pod. That's our show handle. And then, of course, our sister show, The Dynasty Baseball Show, is available at Butu Dynasty, B-O-O-T-U. I'm going to make a concerted efforts this year to tweet a little more from these accounts. I have access to 7,000 Twitter accounts, so <laughs> that's not necessarily easy, but uh, I'm going to do it. 
So there you go. That's our housekeeping. Let's actually talk off season here. As far as the nasty cast goes, we're going to just put out content as content comes available. Now, the CBA is set to expire, I think, at the beginning of December, and I doubt there's a plan in place. So I don't think we're going to have a whole lot of um, you know, free agent signings in that period until it gets resolved, if it gets resolved. So we may not have a ton of nasty casts, but maybe every other week we'll try and get something out, talk some fantasy, until January when we start up back regular and we'll be going from there. But let's move on to today's content where we're going to discuss some of the recent signings as well as some free agent predictions when we get to that point. So Ron Bryan, let's talk Jose Burrios. He has signed an extension with the Toronto Blue Jays. It's seven years, $131 million. Let's talk to Ron first on this one. What do you think of that contract? Is that, uh, is that a good one that he's deservedly getting? What do you think of him as a fantasy player going forward? I, he's a guy that I've always liked. I always, was always in on him when he was with the Twins. He's 27, so he's kind of going into that, you know, what we kind of consider the, that prime uh, time of, 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 a, of a player's career. And we've seen a lot of pitchers really blossom, you know, well into their late 20s and all the way into their late 30s even in some cases. And it's becoming more and more common, you know, as, as, as the years go on. And I think this is a great deal for the, the Blue Jays, $18.7 million per year. I like it especially because I know they got him to make a run, but they also, you know, giving up what they gave up uh, is last year. I think that it, a lot of these teams that give up a lot of their top prospects to, to, to try to rent a guy, I'd like to see more of them re-sign that guy because you need to make it worth your while. If you came up short in trying to get that World Series win, I think that you need to do something for your fan base and you do something for your franchise in order to kind of compensate for that. And I feel like they did that. You know, he's he was – Solid across the board last year, three and a half ERA, average about a strikeout per nine, didn't walk a ton of guys. And and I think he fits in nicely with that young core that they've got there. And I think it makes it also pretty friendly when some of those extensions come up, you know, like Blighty Jr., like uh, Bo Bichette. I think that they'll be able to sign those guys obviously a little bit easier. But I think that, you know, as you see, you know, guys like Noah Syndergaard, for example, going for a year and 21 million. I think that looks makes Jose Barrios at 18.7 look like a little bit of a bargain. So I think this is a nice deal for the Jays. Uh, you know, and, and, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing their offseason. I don't like the fact that my Rays playing the same division as them, but I personally have been a Barrios guy for the last couple of years. And I, I think nothing really changes. Uh, I like the fact that he's got a nice offense behind him. I like the fact that he's on a contender. And like I said, I think it's a good deal for them overall. This is wonderful for everyone involved. I agree, Ron. Burrios has turned into as sure a bet as anyone to just put you up a three and a half, four war season out of the rotation. He logs innings in an era when that's difficult to come by. Just such a dependable, you know, I guess fringe ace, number two guy. And in fantasy, that applies too. The fact that he seems to be durable and very, very consistent. Those are things that are going to help him. And while he is certainly not going to be as attractive as a guy who strikes out 12 per nine or anything, Barrios is that next tier of guy and his, his dependability kind of aids him in that. So we know where his home is for the, for the foreseeable future, for his prime. And that kind of brings me to my other point. Uh, pitching in the AL East for Toronto might not be the easiest thing. Uh, especially if he begins to lose a bit of a step in his early 30s. But for now, we've seen he can flourish there, so I'm not really that worried about it. 
Yeah, absolutely. This is a great deal. I think seven years for a pitcher is tough to stomach at any time, but sometimes you have to do at it. At age 27, that's about as good as you're going to do, it right? It really is. And the average annual value being less than, like Ron said, the Noah Syndergaard deal is, that's not bad over no. a long period of time. Because And we look, we all see $18.6 or whatever it may be, and we think, holy cow, that's Holy a lot of qualifying money. offer. <laughs> yeah, but that <laughs> isn't in baseball terms a lot of money. Yeah. And so I, I think we need to really change the way our minds work with that. And I'll actually talk about that on the next player we discuss. Uh, let's talk a couple of things about Burrios here. Number one, Brian, you mentioned him pitching the AL East being tricky, and it is. Last year, I don't have the numbers pulled up in front of me, but I looked at them earlier yesterday. His splits from Minnesota to Toronto, perfectly identical. Yeah. He was just as solid. So I don't think it's necessarily a, uh ERA killer, but I do think it makes it a little rougher. But I think, honestly, maybe that means he has less of an innings total more than anything. They pull him after five. They pull him after six against the Red Sox or whatever it may be. However, he's still going to be a great pitcher, great number two. As far as his, uh, his ADP, I pulled up ADP numbers from NFBC over the last calendar month that are draft champions drafts, and he is currently going with pick 66 as the 26th starting pitcher off the board. I'll read you a few names around him. A few ahead, we've got a lot of relievers. Edwin Diaz, Rysel Iglesias, Max Fried is right there. Just behind him is Luis Castillo, Frankie Montas. We've got uh, Ryan Presley, Charlie Morton. That's reasonable, right? Would you take any of those guys over him? I would like take Burrios over every single name you just mentioned. That, that's what really stood out to me. The, the only one that, that made me pause a little bit, you know, my affinity for Luis Castillo, so he might be the only guy that I might take above him. But honestly, I wouldn't be upset about walking out with either one yeah totally cool i i would not take luis castillo above him however i get <laughs> what you're going for and yeah i like all these guys uh how about lance lynn who's a, spix, a few picks ahead of him okay now we're talking about where mm, well that's the thing is lynn and barrios to me are very comparable mm-hmm. in that those are two guys who you legitimately could bet would log 200 innings there aren't very many of those and both kind of put up number two starter numbers i think i would Probably take Lynn, but I mean, just for next year, he's a good bit older. Yeah, totally fair. All right, let's move on to the next player here. We've got Noah Syndergaard signing with my Angels. He has signed for one year and $21 million. I'm going to go ahead and start the discussion on this one. I don't despise this deal. And the reason I don't despise it is because, like I just said, $21 million isn't that big deal for one season. The Angels have the money. And look, the argument against that is, well, they only have so much payroll to go around. That's BS. The teams yeah. could spend $500 million on payroll and still make a profit. So I, I can't let that really bother me that much. What I do not like about this deal is they gave up a second-round pick to sign up. That is bad. Yeah. Now, let's look at Syndergaard as a player. He's been awful for a long time now. It's been a while since he's been the cinder guard we think of. Last year, just had the two innings, so he hasn't pitched in a while. Nine ERA. His last full season, which was 2019, he had a 4.28 ERA, and the ERA metrics looked a little bit better than that. But again, he hasn't pitched since then. He doesn't strike out batters like we once thought. When he and Matt Harvey came up, they were both like true aces, and it has gone Well, there was the other, the third guy that people cared less about, too, um, around that time. I believe his name was... uh, is it uh, Jacob DeGrom? Oh, yeah, that fellow. Yeah. Who, who cares about him? <laughs> anyway, Noah Syndergaard, if this is the Angels' only upgrade, it's the worst upgrade you could make. 
if yeah. he's their third upgrade to the pitching staff, then I think this is totally fine. It's an upside play. And if he does turn into the Noah Syndergaard of old and throws 160 innings of three, three and a half ERA, well, this is awesome. And again, it's a one-year deal. Who cares if he blows it out and it just doesn't pitch at all? No big deal. You lose you lose 20 million. Who cares? Uh, what do you think about this deal for the Angels, Brian? Was I on the cuff here or do you have different thoughts? I pretty much entirely agree. I think it's a good gamble for a team that's trying to win. So as you said, I think this is one piece of a series of moves they would need to make for this to make sense. And to add to your point, Syndergaard, I would say, had a nice 2019 despite the ERA. Everything else looked fine. But even if you make his ERA what his FIP is, that's not who we thought Noah Syndergaard was. Uh, we looked at him as an ace, and I think his performance, by and large, has been more of a number two, uh, this version of him as he's aged. He's 29 now, and I think there's a good chance a player with that skill level gets back close to where he was, provided that health allows it. But I don't think... Th- I don't even really think that we should be worried about a scenario where you draft Cindergard, you know, in the really, really late in your draft, and then he wins the Cy Young. I don't think that's the sort of pitcher he is at this point. But I, I really think for the Angels, in reality, this is a nice move in conjunction with other moves. But in terms of fantasy, I mean, he'd have to fall pretty far for me just because of we, we haven't seen him be healthy. And I don't know how the Angels are planning to use him to maximize that. Yeah, not not a lot to add. I, I I'm fine with it. I I I'm like you, Van. Though I want to I want to see what else they're going to do with that pitching staff. I want to see what else they're going to pair with him because I can't believe that they would be done adding players there. And and it's it's honestly I don't know what to get out of him. But I'm kind of with you, Brian. Unless he's a huge value. I think I have him in one dynasty league that I've kind of suffered with with him the past few seasons. So hopefully I'll get something out of him. But I think in a, in a redraft league, I don't think he's somebody that I'm going to target just because of the range of outcomes that you could get with him. And you know, and we've seen that decline, like you said, we saw the ERA come you know come up a little bit in that 2019 season, but he hasn't been after it for a while. It could be something where he's got a lot of rust and it takes him a while to shake the rust off. Who knows? They might have him on a low innings. Uh, limit this year as well you may not get more than 130 140 innings out of him. who knows but he fantasy wise a guy that i'm not going to probably touch real life signing not bad i i don't think it's bad but i'm kind of with you man i i would be a little bit upset about giving up that second round pick because that definitely means a lot all right let's we're going to do this for pretty much every player we discuss so let's get the drop out of the way let's play a dude feud Quack Davis, Juan Soto, Lance McCullers, Justin Upton, Delano DeShield, Franklin Barreto, Carlos Rodine, Whit Merrifield, and of course, Hoog Bowell. You know, in hindsight, I should probably update some drops <laughs> considering the hosts that are involved there. You get the idea. Uh, you know what I'll do is I'll just take all the Nate parts and I'll just have Brian say over them. So right. It's, it just sounds horrible the whole time. It's do you perfect. need me to do a uh, like a bit of a Dakotan accent? 
Could you just the rest of the way? Can we call you Nate? And then you just do that. Can you be uh, like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would assume I'll answer to anything um, on enough and I'd be honored to be Nate. <laughs> I can't believe this, but it's been a while. Ron, what was our name? Marv. Marv. All the, yeah. yeah I, for whatever reason, I was like, Earl, that's not. I, right. I actually I actually sent Nate a uh, meme the other day and I, I told him it, it was something from uh, I'll just send it to you guys. It was something from Tinder, but I. He was from he was from the Dakotas, and I said, "There's no way this guy's this guy is not a Marv. He's got to be a Marv." <laughs> we miss Nate here. We love you, Nate. I mean, we're fine with Brian, but we love hey, you, Nate. I get it. All right, so dude, feud here. Let's talk Noah Syndergaard. Who I have, I know the answer to this already, but let's do it anyway. He is currently being taken with the 203rd overall pick. Let's talk pitchers that are near him. Cal Quantrill. Would you rather have Quantrill or Syndergaard? Wrong. Um, I think that'd be around the place i'd be okay with taking Syndergaard at red 203 so i think i'm going to take noah Syndergaard there i will too even though i will admit to being kind of curious about cal quantrill again i would take quantrill hands down i think i just don't see the innings i, I just don't see a lot out of Syndergaard. i'll let someone else deal with the headache but okay all right how about eduardo rodriguez who's going a couple spots ahead of him brian oh, we'll be talking about him soon and mm-hmm. i am taking eduardo rodriguez so hard around this spot I think I am too, but I don't feel super good about it. Easy enough. So there you go. That's good enough for there. Let's do uh, Jordan Montgomery. Any interest in Montgomery over Syndergaard? No. (laughs) (laughs) I second that. Ooh, it's going to depend on a pitching staff because I do think he'll pitch innings. Syndergaard, I I don't know. That would be the argument I think you could make. I don't know. Jordan Montgomery to me. He just, but then again, you know, he might be Wade Miley or something as he ages, <laughs> where you just kind of look up and you won't, you wouldn't mind him making a few starts. You mean the player that the Reds were like, we just got three point one ERA out of this guy, we can't spend ten million on him, and the Cubs are like, gimme, 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 gimme. Yeah, I, I have to think the Reds have a bit of a flaw. I think they know they're about to lose a good chunk of their team too, one way or another. Like there's going to be a bit of turnover as Castellanos is gone. Yeah, he's gone. So yeah. Anyway. All right, let's move on to the next player. Eduardo Rodriguez, who we just (laughs) mentioned, he was signed by the Tigers at five years, $77 million. And look, I know we talked to him on one of the last shows we did because he had a funky season. He had a really high ERA. I think it was 4.7, something or other. The secondary metrics said he should have been a hell of a lot better. 10 per, uh, at least 10 K per nine under three walks per nine, just a very good secondary stat season, but the ERA just did not reflect it. Ryan, what do you think of Rodriguez going to the Tigers, and do you still believe that he could uh, really right the ship going into next year? I certainly do. I think in a lot of ways, 2021 was Eduardo Rodriguez's breakout, (laughs) which is really, really strange to say. He's only 28. He posted a 3.32 FIP. 10.5 10.5 K per nine, as you said, Van, 2.6 walks per nine. I mean, he got that under control. There's so much to like here. The two things not to like would be the strand rate that was just over 65% and his 363 BABIP against that can't happen again. Um, his career mark is just a little above 300, which is normal. So I think if he puts up the same season again, it's going to look a lot better. I think home runs will be more suppressed in Detroit than they would be pitching half of his starts in Boston as well. So I think there's a lot to like for Eduardo Rodriguez and I've always liked him. So perhaps that's just wishful thinking, but around pick 200. Yeah. Yeah. He's a guy that's definitely made me a believer the past couple of seasons. And I, and, 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 it's it's hard to say that about a guy with a 4.7 ERA, but you know, that goes to show you that you can't look at just ERA, you know, to, to, 
have that be a true tale of, of, of what the season was. And, you know, that, like you said, that, that, that strand rate and that Babbitt jump off the page at you, I think it's a fine deal for the Tigers. I think it's something, you know, it's good to see them doing something to try to improve their team, to go out and get a guy that's going to pitch you quality innings, that's, you know, going to have a, a decent strikeout rate. And I, I don't really feel like they, they spent a ton on this. I feel like this is kind of like within what the market's going to dictate. They're obviously not going to go for a high-end guy like Max Scherzer because that just doesn't make sense. They're going to go for a guy that's going to try to anchor down their rotation and be there for a few years, and I think he's a good candidate to do that. If the Angels don't sign a Max Scherzer because Justin Verlander is off the board, I am just going to continually be pissed they didn't sign Rodriguez. Five years, $77 million. They need rotation pieces. I mean, a lot of teams do. The Tigers did. And this is a phenomenal deal for a pitcher who, no matter what, is at least going to get you some innings. Like yeah. We know he's healthy now. He's been pitching a reasonable total of innings over the last couple of years. 203 in 2019, 157 last year. And, you know, you guys touched on it. He's better than a 470 RA. So I love this deal for the Tigers. I think it's a great move. Especially considering the Tigers are kind of a, they're a team on the rise here. Mm-hmm. And being only 28, I mean... This is right. a reasonable deal that sees him turning 30 in the middle of it as they're graduating prospects. So I really like it specifically for Detroit as well. Totally. All right, let's do the dude feud here. We have Rodriguez going with pick 189. We mentioned him earlier, so let's talk some of the players around him. Let's go right above him. Mike Clevenger is the pitcher going just before him. Uh, Ron, what do you think? Would you take Clevenger or Rodriguez? Uh, I, I guess I, I don't know. I, I guess I would take Rodriguez just because I know I'm definitely going to get innings out of him. I don't know where Clevenger's at as far as what I'm going to get out of him coming off the coming off the rehab, coming off the injury. So I guess to be safe, I would go Rodriguez. I agree. This is still in the range where I, I don't want to take a huge risk on a starting pitcher. I'd like the guy to get me some innings. If I knew Clevenger was totally healthy, that really does change the story as he was before the injury. Um, I mean, Clevenger was really turning into a nice number two option himself so i'll say erod though yeah i'll second that uh, definitely erod for me for all the reasons you said How about john means who's a couple of picks ahead of me of course with uh, baltimore who's turned in a couple of pretty solid seasons here last year 146 and two-thirds innings 362 era not as good strikeout numbers 8.22 k per nine but really good walk numbers 1.60 walks per nine brian what do you think means or rodriguez I think you could make an argument uh, for either, but I think both are predicated on, hey, I'll get innings out of this guy. So I'll take uh, Erod and I'll go for the strikeout upside. I think I will take John Means because I was able to have John Means on a couple teams last year. Glad I had him. Glad he pitched some innings for me. Uh, You know, if it's a wins league, obviously you're not going to get too much there. Uh, But I do like the fact that he's solid across the board and I just feel a little more comfortable with him having the lower ERA uh, when it comes down to it, I think all things equal, I think I'm going to take means because I think the ERA is going to be a little lower. All right. Um, I'll go with Rodriguez. I'm with Brian on the strikeout rate there. But again, this is a team construction thing. If you yeah. already have the strikeouts and you need innings and a good ERA that you know will be there, low walks, a good whip, means is probably the guy to take. All right, let's move on. And this is a, a last-minute addition. I actually forgot to put this on the rundown because it happened a few hours ago. Justin Verlander has re-upped with the Astros. And I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think it's a one-year $25 million deal with an option for a second year at $25 million as well. So with Verlander re-upping there, it was 2020 in September. 
had the Tommy John surgery, missed all of last year. Arguably, he will have no restrictions. And he's now is it 53 years old? <laughs> 39 years okay, old 39. is what he'll be all right. on, on uh, opening <laughs> day. So hey, let's toss it to you first, Brian. What do you think of this deal with the Astros? Would you look into drafting Verlander this year? Oh, uh, I don't think I'll wind up with him because I have a feeling the price will be enough that the risk is far too great for my taste. And uh, But I, I will not bet against Justin Verlander at this point as he's resurrected himself multiple times and not just into being useful, but into being a Cy Young candidate. <laughs> so the guy is an absolute workhorse who has, you know, rarely equaled talent. I just don't think I'll wind up with him. I, I think I'm in on it just for, for the fact that if I'm trying to win a league, these are the kind of picks that if they pan out, they are league winners. And if he's a guy that, you know, a few people are afraid of that I can get at a price that I like, the guy's a freak. You know, like you said, Brian, he's kind of, you know, re revamped himself and he's back in this, into Cy Young contention into his late 30s. And he seems to be fine. You know, he was throwing a bullpen session the other day, hitting mid to upper 90s on the gun. I, I think he comes back. I don't think we see a lot of difference, and I think he continues to be the freak that he is. I, I feel okay drafting him. I think it, it's, a, it's a little bit of risk, but I think the reward is too great to pass it up. Well, I'll tell you the uh, draft numbers here, but essentially I'm all in at the costs right that, now. This is what, but I bet you by yeah, spring. I think by spring, if he's thrown a couple of starts, held the velocity through two, three innings at a time, he's going to be up there. But yeah. as of right this second, he's going with the 163rd overall oh, yeah. pick. And uh, let's, let's play the dude feud here. Justin Verlander, 64th pitcher off the board, just ahead of him at 63 is Adam Wainwright. Ron, Wainwright or Verlander? Verlander. Verlander easily. I do want to say, though, I was just thinking about this as we were talking about Verlander, that these are two pitchers who faced each other in the 2006 World Series. That is, it's 15 years ago. That's and, absurd. and they're both relevant in this conversation <laughs> yeah, now. They are. That is crazy. Uh, yeah, Verlander for me. Uh, number 62, uh, Sonny Gray. Brian? That is close. I, I think I will probably take Verlander for reasons. Uh, that Ron said, which is that I'm trying to win the league thing. But if Gray had been more healthy last season, it would be Gray, who I still do like. I'd be okay with either one, but I think that I I'm taking Verlander just because we're talking about a guy here that just a couple of years ago you were taking in the first two or three rounds and you're getting him at pick 62. I think I'd be okay with that. 163. Oh, a so hundred oh. more on that. Yeah. Okay, Again, yeah. that's going to change. But as of right now, let's skip ahead a bit. Uh, so let's say Framber Valdez, 57. Brian? I think I want that Framber. I'm a Framber fan, though. I think he could, I mean, I. Uh, more like Fanber. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to say his hand stuff is behind him. I took fan instead of Fram. I was going to just, I was going to brush stuff right over the top of it. <laughs> like if there's a dead bird in the yard and you're raking leaves. That happen often to you? I don't have a yard, so Ron, no. Ron has a yard. Do you <laughs> often find dead birds you just ignore? No, but I found a, I, one time I found a, a baby turtle that was the size of a, a silver dollar in my yard. It was kind of cool. Did and you befriend him? I did. I assumed he ate him. I don't know why. <laughs> that was my instinct. Like, oh, clearly Ron just ate that turtle right then and there. <laughs> All right, Framber Valdez, Ron, or uh, Justin Verlander? Uh, I'm going to go Verlander here as well. I like Framber, but I'm going to take that that upside of Verlander, what he could potentially give you. 
man, that's trickier because I do like Framber, but I'm probably still Verlander. But yeah, you get the idea. So let's move ahead on to the next player here. Oh boy, not as exciting as Justin Verlander. I could tell you that. It it's is Andrew Haney. It is for Andrew Haney <laughs> <laughs> specifically. Yeah. Well, anyway, he signs with the Dodgers one year, eight and a half million dollars. Clearly a let's rebuild kind of contract. See what we can do. Maybe get back on the market next year. Obviously, last year Haney was just straight garbage. Pitch for the Angels. I think I homered year. off him. Who you might have <laughs> because he sure did give up a lot of home runs on the season. One hundred and twenty nine and two thirds innings, five eight three ERA. Yankees actually traded for him. They're like, ooh, some upside here. And then they saw what they had and said, nope, you're going to the bullpen where you're also going to be very very bad. It's sad because at one time I really liked Andrew Heaney. Did strike out a lot of batters, ten point four one K per nine, and didn't walk very many, two point eight five walks per nine. Like Brian hinted at home runs were the problem he gave up two per nine Mm -hmm. that's absurd let's go to ron first though what do you think of haney making his way to the dodgers do you think there's some upside or a chance that he becomes fantasy relevant again i mean you said the the k per nine hitting into double digits he's done that a few times throughout his career so that gives me a little bit of hope but i mean we're still talking about a guy that for his career has a 4.72 era and like you said, is giving up two homers per nine innings last year. I, I think this is something that's going to be better for the Dodgers in real life than it is for us in fantasy. Definitely. And this is what the Dodgers have been doing these last several seasons. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, they've been very successful, which is stockpile arm after arm after arm because they know what we all know. Pitchers can't stay healthy. They did this last year. And what happened? At one point in the season, they had like Max Scherzer. Yeah. And that was it. And they're the most prepared franchise in baseball for this, essentially. You know, largely because of the amount of resources they have. But I think they see what we all see in Haney, which is there's something there. I mean, I don't I don't really know how you access it. And he's got to stay away from the middle of the plate. But I could see him having, you know, 80 solid innings for the Dodgers or something. <laughs> that's uh that's fair i guess i can kind of get behind that what i'll say is i think there's this big narrative that we're finding on twitter and out there amongst analysts that you know robbie ray was pitching really wet, bad and then look at him this year he won the cy young robbie ray also walked too many batters but then got the walks down the strikeouts yeah. were good blah 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 yeah that, there's a chance that could happen and right now he's free he costs nothing he is going with pick uh 406 in drafts the 164th pitcher off the board. Okay, have at it. Right, and I see, I totally know what you're saying because people, a lot of times, especially with lefties, you know, there'll be this projection of like, he could be the guy that turns that corner. But Robbie Ray was a guy before he broke out that a lot of us thought could be an ace one well, day. Ron can attest, my love for Robbie Ray ran deep for years. And then finally, I'm like, eh, I guess he's just a usable pitcher. Saw Young Award. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, uh, yeah, we're going to skip the name game with Haney just because he's so far down there. But yeah, if his cost is this, if he's the 164th pitcher off the board, you draft him, you put him on your bench. If three starts into the season, he's pitched 12 innings and been absolutely obliterated, cut him and move And on. that's if he's in the rotation. Yeah. Because the Dodgers might be healthy in April. <laughs> A lot of stuff could happen from here to there. Okay. Let's see. Let's move on to those Saw Young Award winners. Corbin Burns has been given the National League Cy Young Award, and Robbie Ray, as I've mentioned, has been given the American League Cy Young Award. Uh, Brian, let's toss to you first on this one. Of these two guys, do you buy what they did? Do you think they could repeat? Are they going to return their draft costs in 2022? 
So let's start with Burns, with Corbin Burns, who took, <laughs> who took the National League Award. I only don't think he can repeat it because it's a pretty historically great season in terms of what he did with the innings he got. So 167 innings for Burns. He had a 1.63 FIP, 12.61 strikeouts per nine, 1.83 walks per nine. He, I mean, you could have made an argument perhaps for Zach Wheeler because he logged 200 innings and was very good, but Corbin Burns per inning pitch was easily the best starter in baseball last year since DeGrom went down with injury. I think he will again be one of the best starters in baseball. I don't know if he can return his cost because we've been seeing pitchers go, you know, 1-1. Well, let me go and say this here as we're discussing these guys so we can incorporate that in. Uh, Corbin Burns is going with the eighth overall pick. Yeah. Robbie Ray is going with the 40th overall pick. So incorporate that in your analysis. Yeah, and I don't think... you know, it's tough for me to say a pitcher in the top 10 can return the value because of all the risk involved, especially someone as young as Burns. And, uh, you know, it's it's pitching. It's a very injury prone activity. It's unnatural to the human elbow and shoulder. <laughs> so I'll say he'll struggle to do that. Ray at 40 seems closer to being able to repeat that. He was a big surprise to me in, in winning the Cy Young. Uh, his his. Indicators show him being more of a guy who, with an ERA in the mid threes with a nice strikeout rate, and I think that's probably who Robbie Ray is. Yeah, not not too much to add there. I, th- I you know, the one thing that is bad, you, we love to see these guys have these historically great seasons because they're so fun to watch, especially if they're for your team. But at the same time, after that, everything that they do kind of feels like a letdown, and it's really not because they're still really good. They were just able to put together something that we just don't see all that often. And Corbin Burns obviously was able to do that and 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 I think he was definitely deserving of it in in the National League and and Robbie Ray I think also was pretty deserving of it in the American League the the only guy that I was a little shocked at that was a little further down and I don't think he should have won it but I was kind of surprised to see Julio Urias all the way down only getting uh 3 points in in the voting there and, and finishing in a tie for fifth place in the National League and and it, it was a lot closer in the National League Zach Wheeler was was 141 points. Burns was 151, as opposed to the first and second place in the AL between Robbie Ray with 207 and, and Garrett Cole with 123. Which so it that, just kind of shows you that Robbie Ray was definitely deserving of this with what he did. And, and, and it'd be nice to see him replicate that, because like you said, man, we've talked about him a lot, and the only knock on him was, you know, we know he strikes out a ton of guys. We just wanted to see that ERA and those walks come down, and we finally got to see that. And lo and behold, once he did that, that was the missing piece to a Cy Young. So strange to me that Garrett Cole was just buried by Robbie Ray in the voting, considering he had what I thought was an obviously better season. <laughs> but you know, uh, it's it's the way the voting goes, yeah. and that sort of thing. And it's it's argue argue. I mean, it's fine that, that he won it. He had a great sure. season. <laughs> okay, so let's do the the uh, dude feud here with Robbie Ray because I think that's a little more interesting than Burns at eighth overall. Uh, I'd buy what they both did. By the way, I think they can repeat at least to some combination i don't know that i'll be drafting burns eighth overall yeah and i really don't know that i'll be drafting robbie ray 40th overall just because i like options elsewhere even though i do buy that they could repeat what they've done so let's see robbie ray is the 17th pitcher off the board at 16 we've got aaron nola brian would you have ray or nola this is a really good comparison Mm -hmm. because either one could be kind of cy young caliber in a given season 
I am going to go Nola, which surprises me even saying it out loud because when he's on, he does strike out guys at a rate more comparable to Ray than you'd think. So I'll go, I'll go Nola, but it's, it's a coin flip. Yeah, it's, 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 it's awfully close. I think I'm going to go Nola as well, just because I feel like I trust him a little bit more than I do Robbie Ray. I mean, you know, we have seen him do this for one season. We haven't seen him bring that ERA down like he, I mean, we've seen the low ERA, but we haven't seen the walks come down like this. So I got to see at least maybe another year of, of comparable walk rate in order to, to fully trust him. Like I would trust Aaron Nola. Mm, yeah, I get it. I think I might go Ray just cause I like him a little more than Nola. I've always been a little more down on Nola than a consensus, but they're both good pitchers. They'll be fine here. Let's go up one more here and then we'll move on. Chris Sale is the 15th starting pitcher off the board. So Ron, Chris Sale or Robbie Ray? I'm going to go Chris Sale for a lot of the reasons that I, I went with Justin Verlander. He, you know, we talked about him last year. He came off the rehab and he was one of the guys that actually his rehab went according to plan. I've always been a Chris Sale guy. Had him on a couple dynasties. Um, I just, I, I, I like what he brings. He, he doesn't seem to be slowing down a whole lot just yet, but I trust his track record over more years of the strikeouts and the low ERA and just the, the solid numbers than, than Ray. I, since we got to see sale at the end of the season, I will also say sale, but this one's actually pretty close for me as well, because sale, you know, he's always a guy that we've, I know van, you and I have talked about well before it happened, the possibility of sale <laughs> being injured a lot because of the delivery, the lankiness, all of it. And I could as see, a lanky human, I understand <laughs> it's real easy to hurt yourself. I, I could see more injuries following, but sale has that like, one one starter potential so i'll take sale and just make sure he stays out of my closet with his scissors <laughs> a joke made on one of our game nights yeah i mean yes i agree i think i'll take sale here so that really you know makes it three for three sale has the chance to be uber special ray has a little less chance to be uber special but i really don't think you can go wrong with any of those guys Okay, let's move on to the Rookie of the Year winners, and then we'll get in our free agent predictions. Randy Arozarena has won the uh, American League Rookie of the Year award, and Jonathan India has won the National League Rookie of the Year award. Let's toss to Ron first. Talk about these two guys. Would you draft them at their slots? And uh, just to tell you, it's 52nd overall for Arozarena and 103rd overall for Jonathan India. Uh, well, I'll start with the Randy Rosarena, and I would not draft him at that slot because I'm drafting him in the first round across the board everywhere <laughs> I can get him. No, I, I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, it's it's okay, I guess. Um, I personally would, as much as I love Randy Rosarena because he plays for my my beloved Tampa Bay Rays, I would have probably given it to Wander Franco uh, personally. But nonetheless, Randy Rosarena had a great season. I don't know around that number. I guess I'm okay with it because he did give you 20 stolen bases. He gave you 20 homers, gave you 94 runs scored. I, I, I think I'm all right with him there. Um, as far as India, I, I think India might be a little – I like him at that price, but I feel like he's a guy that I, I, I just have a feeling the price is going to climb a little bit just because he does play second base. And I and I think he's he's definitely valuable there. I just feel like – for some reason, I think his price is going to get a little bit higher than I'm wanting to pay. Not to say that I don't like what he did, especially that 376 OBP, the 12 steals, the 21 homers, walked a decent amount. I just, I guess I feel with the, I guess to look at both of the ADPs, I feel a little more comfortable with the Rosarenas 
than I do what India's is going to do. Now, if I can get India around that 102 pick range like he is now, I feel pretty good about that, but I feel like that's going to climb. It it has to climb, right? I was thinking the same thing. Both players really had nice seasons and kind of similar seasons <laughs> in terms of uh, they both I they both actually had identical slugging percentages of 459. Both drew their fair share of walks with, of course, India drawing a few more. Both hit 20 homers with some steals. I... I'm with Ron here. I think India's price rises and Randy's probably stays around the same. I I wouldn't probably wind up with any with either of them around that space, but there is room for growth for both players. And Randy already being a 2020 guy, that's super valuable. So I think they'll wind up priced a little much for me. If India is going at 103, though, yeah, I'll wind up with them. <laughs> they probably need to be. 20 picks later for me to really get into both of these guys. And that includes India. I'd take him around 125. I'm still just not quite sold on the power being what it is. That's the one thing. However, it could be just as yeah. good as we don't know. So ultimately, it's fine. They just probably won't wind up being players that I take. Now, I'm going to derail this conversation. Um, Brian, I know you don't really listen to what I'm about to talk about. Ron, I'm not sure on. <laughs> Either of you really listen to the Bob and Tom show? throughout history no ron well seeing as how they are based out of indianapolis oh and seeing as how that's where i'm from yes there was a time period where i did listen to the bob and tom show a little bit i gotta tell you you're not gonna like what i'm about to say <laughs> they need to be wiped off the face of the earth <laughs> worst show this really it's, has taken a turn i did not anticipate it's so bad and look i haven't listened to the show in a long time or i hadn't a couple of years ago for whatever reason i was up early i'm never up early mm -hmm. and they run from like 6 to 10 a.m i listened to an episode and by the way bob is gone bob's just retired is He's the not show the still show called anymore. bob and it's tom? called the bob and tom show but it's just tom chick mcgee christy and somebody else. Chick McGee. That's his name. He's their sports guy. Yeah, Chick, Chick's been around for a long time because we're <laughs> talking like when I was in college, they were on in the morning, and then I'd listen to them every once in a while. And yeah, Chick, the Chickster <laughs> was there. Christy Lee mm -hmm. was there. Yeah, so they've been around a long, long time. Is the honker still on the show? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's moved on to, to greener pastures. Well, the, the thing about the show is, is it's just five or four old people complaining about kids these days mm -hmm. when i heard it it was well, the kids in their walkie talkies they're just <laughs> and it was it was they're unbearable. always on their myspace <laughs> so that's don't listen to them now it's so bad however years ago when they were probably a little more relevant or more maybe just as popular i don't know they had a character and i don't remember the character's name but it was the most obnoxious thing ever and he would say randy and so anytime i hear randy or rosarena i think of his character and he goes <laughs> Donnie randy what is it? His name was Donnie Baker. Donnie Baker. That's it. He goes the <laughs> Donnie, Donnie Baker. Baker Show. You need to listen to me. I'm Donnie Baker. And there's he was Randy. a boat for sale. He has a boat it, for sale. He's like, shut up, Randy. It is so obnoxious. <laughs> Even then, I really <laughs> turn it off. I would get visibly angry <laughs> listening to this guy be obnoxious. And I, the, whoever the actor is that plays this character, started traveling and doing yeah. comedy shows as him. Yeah. Who went to this? Well, the blue collar comedy tour does exist. <laughs> Fair point. All right, no, let's get back on track. There, there's a comedy club down here uh, that brings in some pretty big names. Like they just had like Kevin Neal in there. I've seen Jim Brewer there. Donnie Baker has performed there several times. I just remembered his catchphrase, and it was it was so obnoxious. And the way he said it harshly, it was, "I swear to God, it did." I and swear it was to God, stuff it like did. that. 
And ooh, I'm cringing thinking about it. I hate it so much. All right, but let's get back on track. What about Jim Brewer's many catchphrases such as, I am a goat. <laughs> Jim Brewer, by the way, complete and total idiot. Recently saw he has gone the way of so many over these past couple of years. Yep. Okay, let's stop. Let's take a break. We'll come back and do some free agent predictions. We'll come back and talk more about Jim Brewer. I swear to God we will. Nasty. Nasty. Welcome back to the Not Bob and Tom Show. I'm Van Lee alongside Ron Rigney and Brian Vaughn. We're going to talk free agent predictions and analysis. We've gone fairly long on the show, so we'll cut this a little bit shorter. Let's skip to our second one on the list, boys. We're going to talk Marcus Simeon, of course, shortstop or second baseman, I guess, with the Blue Jays last year, 28 overall in the NFBC ADP drafts. Let's go to Ron first on this one. What do you think of Simeon going with pick 28, and where do you think he winds up? What's your prediction for him as a free agent? I think it's fine because, I, I mean, we've talked about Marcus Simeon in here for years, and, and he's finally trying, uh, I feel like, getting that recognition that he deserves so many seasons in Oakland where he produced and just went under the radar. I, I, I'm fine with him there. I believe if I'm if I'm looking at it here, I think Marcus Simeon becomes the guy that potentially replaces Carlos Correa in Houston. I think they might want to sign mm-hmm. him. And it, it's a you know when you're looking at the type of money that Carlos Correa is going to get, I think you can get because he's a little bit older. I think you can get Marcus Simeon maybe for half the years and half the money. I think he becomes a fine fit. You know, at shortstop next to Jose Altuve. Uh, and, and, and he's half the price. And obviously they're going to let Correa walk because they're not going to pay that kind of money. I don't think he's worth that kind of money personally. I think Marcus Simeon becomes, I don't want to say a bargain at the money he's going to get, but I think when you compare it to Carlos Correa, I think it's a nice fit. I think it solves a problem for Houston. I definitely get what you're saying because Marcus Simeon is, I mean, we all know this, but he's one of the best players in baseball. <laughs> he's a really good shortstop with a ton of power. I think he'd be a fit. For anyone, and I agree with you, Ron, I like him better than Correa over the next couple of seasons, uh, certainly. I could see him returning to Toronto, but with them shelling out the money for Burrios and having a lot of offense already, they might not. So I'm going to say it's Seattle. I'm going to say Simeon winds up in Seattle. They have been rumored in on a few people, and I, I think they're trying to make a couple of big moves as their prospects get ready. I don't think they're far off. That's totally fair. I could get behind that. So let's play the name game here with Simeon. As far as second baseman goes, he's the number third second baseman off the board. We have Trey Turner, Ozzy Albies, Marcus Simeon, Witt Merrifield. So let's talk Merrifield. They're actually going with the same overall pick, 28-29. Uh, uh, Brian, Witt Merrifield. Simeon. For, all right, Ron. Yeah, it's, it's Simeon. Okay, so let's go up. Ozzy Albies. Do you like Albies a little bit more? Or do you like Simeon, Brian? This one's really tough for me. I'm going to still say Simeon for next year, though. I, I love Albies, though. I, I think at any any time he could up his performance by like 20%, too, as he gets a little older. Yeah, I'd be happy with either one, but I, I, think, it's, I think I'm still going to go with Marcus Simeon because I think the upside's bigger than Ozzy Albies, even though I don't dislike at all what I will get with Ozzy Albies. Yep, I agree with that. We'll stick with Simeon there. And then I the only one, other one to compare it to is Trey Turner, and it's Trey Turner, right? Yeah, yeah he's yeah, just too good. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the next guy. Chris Bryant is going 84th overall, of course, the third baseman for the Cubs. Put up a pretty solid season this last year. He kind of got back to doing what he does 
586 plate appearances, so not a full season. 25 home runs, 86 runs, 73 RBI, 10 stolen bases, and a 265, 353, 481 slash. So uh, Ronnie's still walking quite a bit. What do you think of uh, Bryant? Do you think he's going to pull in that 84th overall slot as good value, and where do you think he ends up? I think it's fine. I'm I'm okay with him, especially if if he's still eld if he if he's a, a guy that I can use at third base and hopefully in a league maybe he'll retain that outfield eligibility. I don't know what the settings are with that, but I, I'm fine with him there. I don't think that that's overpaying at all. You, you know, like you said, he is 30 years old. He's in the middle of his prime. He, you know, he he you know he he proved my theory right as how important a change of scenery can be for a player. He did that last year. I think I you know, and he's another guy that we've seen rumored in a couple of places. Something tells me Seattle. This is where Seattle swoops in and and adds him. He just seems like a Seattle Mariners type signing. I don't know how to really explain that, but I think it just he makes could be a lot Kyle Seager two point for the next eight years or whatever. <laughs> he, might, he might even be a little better. I don't know, but I, I I think it's I think he ends up in Seattle for for whatever reason. I don't I don't think he heads heads back to the Giants. I don't know what the money looks like there, but I feel like I feel like he stays on the West Coast with Seattle. I think the price for Bryant in the 80s in ADP is probably about right. I don't think I'll wind up with him. I thought he might kind of turn back into prime Chris Bryant, and he actually started the season kind of looking like that and trailed off a little. The power just hasn't come back since the hand injury that he had a couple of years ago. I think I'm going to say he winds up with the Phillies, actually, who could use a little bit of versatility from him. Um, playing third some as Alec Bohm figures it out and also playing left. All right. Uh, I think the Giants, I think he does re-up with them. We'll see what the money's like, but I, I think they liked what he did. He was a fan favorite, and I could see that re- happening again. So dude feud here. He is the eighth third baseman off the board. Just ahead of him, we have Alex Bregman, who, let's see, 89 overall for Brian. Oh, yeah, 89 overall for Bregman as well. Uh, Brian, what do you think, Bregman or uh, Bryant? I will take Bregman here. I think Bregman just has more upside. I mean, and it really just comes down to that. I think I'm going to take Bregman here as well. I, I I have him on a couple teams. I like having him on my team. I think he just gives you a little bit of little bit more, and I think that he still might have a little bit more left in the tank that we haven't seen yet. This one's tricky for me because I think Bryant is liable to return some stolen base value. And I think we're done with that with Bryant or with uh, Bregman. I think Bryant is liable to return some stolen base value. (laughs) Bregman, I think we're done with stolen bases. So team composition, I might wind up with a little more Bryant, but I have no qualms either way with this one. Um, Let's do one more though. Nolan Arenado is the sixth third baseman off the board at 78 overall. Brian, we'll start with you. He's with the Cardinals now. What did you see out out of Arenado's season last season? Would you take him over, uh, Brian? What do you think? I would take Arenado because I saw what I needed to see, which is he's not in course, so he's not going to put up video game numbers, but he's going to play every day and just kind of rack up those counting stats. So even away from cores, 30 homers, 100 runs in RBI. I mean, it's just, it's a pretty bankable skill set with with less variance than what we've seen from Bryant. And we've only really seen one season out of Bryant that's been on the level of Arenado, and Arenado's pretty much a shoe-in for 25 to 30 homers, 100 RBIs, and gives you that nice slash line. I, I think I'm going, I'd go Arenado 100 times out of 100. 
I can third that one. Definitely for sure. It's Arenado and it's maybe 11 picks sooner and that's not that big of a difference. Yeah. So yeah, I'll take him there. Uh, shortstop, we have Carlos Correa. We mentioned him earlier. He's of course a free agent now from the Astros. Very young. I think he's just 26 still. Anyway, he is going 94th overall in NFBC ADP drafts. Uh, Brian, let's go to you first on this one. Do you like him at that cost? And um uh, overall, what do you think of him as a as a shortstop? Is is it still the upside he once had, or are we just maybe still giving him a little too much benefit of the doubt? I think Carlos Correa has turned into one of these guys who is officially now a better real life than fantasy player, and I not a guy who I thought that would be the case with. But Houston doesn't run; uh, they're they're just not going to do it. Correa is a zero. We expected as a prospect, and even early in his career, Correa to be maybe a thirty thirty guy. So. You can't count on any steals from him, and the power has turned out to be, you know, very solid. And he's a guy who hit 279, 366, 485 last year. He's drawing more walks than ever, striking out less than ever, playing better shortstop defense than ever. But that doesn't help our fantasy team. So taking him, you know, in the eighth round or so does, you could do it, but I feel like I'd rather wait on a shortstop if that's my cost. I forgot to ask predictions for where he winds up. He might be the toughest one for me because someone's really going to have to pay given the uh, premium position in the youth. And when someone really has to pay, I think of only a couple of teams. Xander Bogarts plays for the Red Sox. So I'll say Yankees. You also think of that Undertaker theme song that was briefly around that was called (laughs) You're Gonna Pay. (laughs) Oh, not rolling, rolling, (laughs) rolling. All right, Ron, what do you think? Tough man, I you know I've seen Carlos Correa linked with so many teams, and 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 some of them make sense, and then some of them I I kind of scratch my head at. I I, I don't know. I want to you know you see Yankees everywhere, but for some reason I just feel like that there's a guy on this list that's going to be a Yankee that's not Carlos Correa at shortstop. We'll talk about him here in a minute. I'm gonna go with uh, oh man, I'm gonna go with the Dodgers. I think if if it just feels like. There's only a handful of teams that, that really feel comfortable throwing this amount of money at a guy. You know, like we said, Corey Seager is going to be headed out of town. He's not going to resign. I, I feel like Carlos Correa just makes sense for the Dodgers to throw a pile of money at him, come back in and try to re, 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 recoup some of that, you know, the shortstop and try to get back in it and try to win another World Series. But there's not a lot of teams. I, you know, I see the Tigers mentioned as well, and I, I see that for, cert- for a few reasons with A.J. Hinch being there. I just I have a hard time with Detroit ponying up that kind of cash for a guy like Carlos Correa. For me, I think the Dodgers make more sense because to me, it's you know them giving up that big of money for that guy is not really that big of a deal for them. I definitely agree with Brian here when I when you said he's a better real life player than fantasy now because of what he provides. I think there's still this stigma is not the right word, but this aura around him of oh he's such a good fantasy player. Yeah, he just isn't really that i think last year might be his peak 26 home runs and 640 plate appearances good runs in rbi but like 280 360 485 i think that's what he is and that's good yeah it's a real good player especially considering like i was saying everything across the board the underlying skills have they've really solidified Mm -hmm. and i think this is kind of what he is and that's such a good player but for fantasy I don't know why he'd be really rated above even like Corey Seager, right. who's well, and, similar in that way. And it took us so long to find out exactly what he is because he's been injured so much. Hurt. So finally mm-hmm. he put together 148 games, and finally we saw he pretty much is what he was in 2016 when he put up yeah. 153 games and the 20 homers, the 13 steals, solid average, nothing great. 
nothing like the A-Rod comparisons that we heard about when he got drafted. Yep. And my pick for where he winds up, this is the Seattle pick to me because Seattle does that thing where they're like, this is our big free agent. We can put the team on his back. This is Robinson Cano. This is the guy who's going to carry mm-hmm. us to the playoffs. And it's like, no, he's very good, but he's not that. Though I will say, I think they've moved past that phase. Hopefully. I And if they were to do it, the guy, some of the guys we've mentioned, like I, I think I said they'd get Simeon. I do like the idea of them choosing shortstop as where to grow from. Sure. If they do that, sure. I'd, I kind of, well, I know this is complicated for you, an Angels fan. <laughs> But I, uh, as a guy who grew, rooted for the Mariners as a Ken Griffey Jr. fan as a child, it's kind of fun seeing the Mariners get interesting. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> With our old GM, couldn't <laughs> cut it. Couldn't cut it. Basically, Artie Moreno is like, yeah, I'm going to screw everything up. Get out of here. <laughs> All right. So, dude, feud here. Carlos Gray is the 14th shortstop off the board. I think this is an interesting one here. Jorge Polanco is the 15th shortstop off the board just five picks later. Ron, would you rather, rather have Polanco or Correa? Mm, I think I'd rather take Polanco, to be honest with you, because I I just think that there's a little bit more potential there for a little bit more pop. There's a little bit more potential there for counting stats. I I, I keep thinking about what Brian said. He's the epitome of uh, real life. Better real Correa is a better a better real life player than fantasy player. So I think I'm going to go with Polanco. I will also go with Polanco, which sounds weird, even having it come out of my mouth. But I think we'll also find around draft day, even just seeing what Polanco just did. I bet you the gap will widen and Correa will wind up, you know, even higher up the board relative to Polanco. Polanco is one of those guys who I don't know that he'll ever be properly recognized <laughs> in a certain sense, whereas Correa's pedigree kind of ensures it. Yeah, totally. All right, let's do one more with him. That is Bobby Witt Jr. is the 13th shortstop off the board, going 20 picks higher than Carlos Correa. Brian. Well, or Correa, since Correa still is one of the better players in baseball, I'll take him, even though I love wit. I, I he's a prospect I liked going into last year a lot. And now I my questions have been answered. But Correa is going to start and start for a playoff contender, probably. Yeah, as much as I don't like it, I got to say Correa here, too. And it's just a simple fact of I think Bobby Witt's going to be a great player and I'd love to have him on my team. But I already know what I'm getting with Carlos Correa. Bobby Witt could be a guy that could come up and not play well and get sent down for a while. And, you know, you're spending, you know, what you, I think you said, what, 20, 20 spots higher to pick a guy that you're not really sure that where, if he's going to be the guy that we think he's going to be right off the bat. So I already know what I'm getting with Correa. I'll take the safer pick there. Yeah, it's, it's hard, too, because going into this season, we certainly probably won't feel as good about Witt as we did uh, Jared Kellenick last year. Mm-hmm. And that would not have gone well. And I believe he was going around pick 200. That sounds about right. Uh, Witt, ooh, he plays for Kansas City. What more do I need to say? If they're out of it, why are they going to push Witt? If. When they're out of it, <laughs> two weeks into the season when they've got a 2-15 and 15 record, <laughs> somehow they've played 17 games in two weeks. No, That's they'll amazing. be 15-2 and two after a couple of weeks, and I'll be hearing about it from like the three people I know who like the Royals. <laughs> and of course, Adelmerito Mondesi is going to be taken fifth overall. And yeah. who knows if he hits in the playing time. All right, let's move on to the next guy on the list. It's Nick Castellanos, a man I once traded to Ron for Josh Bell, who has not worked mm, out for Who me. won that trade? I wonder. We'll see if Josh Bell can do anything yeah, going forward. Yeah. But Castellanos has become something else entirely. So, Ron, we'll go to you first on this one. Where does Castellanos wind up? And he is the 58th overall player being taken off the board. Do you like that slot? I, I do because I believe Nick Castellanos is just a solid baseball player. You know, and, he's, and he showed it last year. 
with the with the slash, with the home runs, with the RBIs, and he he does that year in and year out. But last year was definitely a career year for him. Uh, he's heading in, in his age twenty nine season. He's headed to age he'll be eight thirty during the twenty twenty two season. There's a couple teams I think he fits kind of nicely with, but I think for some reason I feel like he is a good fit with the Chicago Cubs. I don't know why. I just feel like Nick Castellanos. You know they they need to to get some guys in there. I think he's just solid, just everyday player, just plays hard. I think he fits what they what the image is that they want to have. I don't think he's going to be uh, too terribly expensive considering the other guys that are in this market. I just feel like it's a really nice fit. I'm very confused about where Castellanos might go. Uh, he so last year he kind of did his thing. Uh, he doesn't walk a whole lot. I mean, it's a li- just a little bit below average. Makes a lot of hard contact and slugged 576 last year, <laughs> which that's not something he's going to do again. I don't think he hit 34 homers. That's the first time he's cleared 27. I think Cassianos, for me, I don't think I'd want him at that place, I, which I feel stubborn about him, but I find him to be much more of a hits 290 with 23 homers kind of a guy, uh, you know, year in, year out. That seems to be more what he is to me. I think he, and I don't know why, winds up on the Mets. <laughs> Interesting. Seems like they'd like pay a guy who hits but doesn't really pay defense and they don't really know where to put him. Seems like something they would do. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I- I'm kind of with you on that. I probably won't draft him here, but I really don't have a problem because he's, he's, he's a good hitter. I mean, I mean, we've got two years of him putting out the 30-plus home run power potential aggregated, of course, over so many plate appearances. I, with you, Brian, I don't buy that. But if he does it, okay, fine. Yeah, I'm not gonna be I shocked. won't be shocked either. I mean, I'm willing to be wrong again. <laughs> sure. All right, so let's do the dude feud here with him. We have Nick Castellanos as the 18th outfielder off the board, going with pick, what do we say, 58 here. Just in front of him, the 17th outfielder is Toronto Blue Jays outfielder George Springer. Let's go to Ron first on this one. I think this is an interesting choice. Springer, who probably gives you... Eh, maybe about the same to a little more power, but also some speed, but has some injury concerns. What do you think? You take Cassianos or Springer? I think I'm going to go with Cassianos just because you made the argument for me. I think I'm going to get more games out of him. It's it's pretty much a given when you draft George Springer, you're not going to get a lot uh, the games that you want. So I feel like Cassianos has had a little bit better track record with the health, and I feel like his numbers really aren't going to be that far off. I'm actually with you, Ron, and I'm a big Springer fan. And it's because if you're, and this is a lesson I'm having to learn, but if I'm taking, if I'm picking in the 50s here, I need to err on the side of my games played. <laughs> it's a little too early to be getting too cute with it, I think, for me. I, maybe I'm just going a little too hard on myself after what might have been my worst fantasy baseball season ever, cumulatively. <laughs> I will go Springer here because I just think he's that much better. Overall, if you get the full season, I think you could almost unabashedly say that Springer will have a better season. Maybe that's not accurate, but that's just kind of how I feel about it. The question is, will he get that full season? Who knows? But I still like him in Toronto. It's a yeah. great lineup. And if he is healthy, and for the most part, he has been healthy his he whole has. career with the exception of last year. And I guess that's really it. 556 plate appearances in 2019. It's a little down. 222 in 2020, which is, of course, shortened. And the last year was just 342. Dealt with nagging injuries all year. So. Yeah, I've convinced myself even more. I'm definitely going Springer on this one. All right, I think that's enough. We can uh, kind of shelve this one for now, maybe talk some more of these guys later. So that's going to wrap it up. Uh, Ron, anything you want to say before we get out of here? 
Um, we, you know, a couple guys that we didn't get to here. I'm looking for uh, you know, the Rays to, to really throw some cash out there. I think they're in on Robbie Ray. They might even sign Carlos Correa at this point. Who knows? Robbie Ray's the guy I think the Angels ought to go after to um, really solidify the rotation. I think they're going to push hard on Scherzer for like a three or four year deal with an absurd average mm-hmm. annual value. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'd probably be fine with, yeah, I'd be fine with Robbie Ray. I mean, that's a home run suppressing park, particularly at night when the water comes over mm-hmm. the the stadium or whatever. So I think, I think that's interesting. And then like uh, one, one more thing before we go, another guy we didn't get around to. I just want a quick profile. It's Zach Granke, who's probably a hall of famer. Stuff's gone 38 years old. He can just kind of fill some innings, maybe have like a dead ball era run. He's he's going to be a cardinal. Okay, I could that, see that he fits that, makes... that cardinal mold. Oh, can you imagine Wainwright and Grinky on the same team? <laughs> Bring John five. Lester back. <laughs> Combined age of like 140. <laughs> I think honestly that that signing makes more sense than anybody we talked about. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, when I was doing my notes today. It, I mean, Cardinal it just struck me like a mm-hmm. like a bolt of lightning. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, there you go. That's going to do it for today's show. So thanks everyone for tuning in. Like I said at the top of the show. We'll be back periodically over the offseason. Once January hits, we'll pretty much be back in full force. We've got some cool stuff in the uh, pipe here. Definitely check out our sister show, The Dynasty Baseball Podcast. We put out a Atlanta Braves farm system review. Check out everything on the Boo 2 Inc. Podcast Network, including the Boob Two Boys and Launch Angle Podcast. We love you for tuning in. So for Van, nope, yes, actually for Van, weird way to say it, but it's still true. For Brian, for Ron, for Van, I'm Van. And may the fantasy gods shine upon you.